all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's on the screens. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus' name. Remain sinning. Go to Haggai chapter 1. We're going to finish our series Roots tonight, and uh, we're going to push this teaching another further. There's too much movement going on over there. So y'all just, just keep it all cool. Men, keep the house. Amen. I mean, Thug Bishop. That's cool. <laughs> Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, y'all ready for this? Now look at your neighbor and say, creating a new American experience. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. It says, thus speak the Lord of hosts. You learned on Sunday that means what? Say, he's fighting for me. Now, now listen, if, if us is, he died for us, and then every day he fights for us. So the least we could do is give him praise and give him honor. He gave us his life. He fights for us. That, that's why sometimes, sometimes I get perplexed with people because it's like, well, what else do you want him to do? Look at neighbor. He's fighting for us. Say right now, whatever was plotting to come against you. Your praise tonight is going to shut that down. When you praise him, he fights harder. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people says, this is what the people were telling God, the time has not come that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, they were saying, God, it ain't time for us to do what you said. Let us do what we want to do first, then we'll do what you say. Verse 3, then the word of the Lord came uh, by Haggai the prophet, saying, say, the man of God. Verse 4, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panel houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Look at me, y'all. They were in a time of reconstruction. They were literally reconstructing the second temple because the first one was destroyed. So this message is all throughout this text, say reconstruction. Verse 5, now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Touch your neighbor say, consider your ways. Look at verse 6. He says, you've sown much. He says, but you bring in little. In other words, he's saying, you, you, you thought.
but you haven't really asked why. You just thought it, but you never articulated. He said, you've sown a lot, but you're bringing in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You close yourselves, but nobody's warm. And he who earns wages, anybody earns wages in here? Look what he says. He says, you make money and you get your check, but he says it's like you're putting it into a bag with holes in it. Now, he said, let me tell you why that is. Look at verse 7. Consider what? Your ways. I mean, it's not your boss's fault. It ain't the IRS's fault. It ain't the collection agency's fault. It ain't mama them's fault. It ain't daddy them's fault. He, uh, say, consider my ways. Verse 8, go up into the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. In other words, God says, when you put me first, I, get, I take pleasure in that. Look at verse 9. He says, for you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, watch this. You read it. Now, it's some stuff that seems like as soon as it came, it left. And you're sitting there saying, my God, what happened? And here's what we do to justify it. We'll say, well, God just didn't want me to have that. Or you kept doing what you wanted to do first, so God wanted you to have it, but he, he determined you weren't mature enough for it, so he blew it away. T touch your neighbor, say, the excuse makes you feel good, but it don't change nothing. So stop saying, well, that wasn't what God had for me. Maybe it was. God's got something better. Maybe he didn't. But what I love about God is that before he even starts playing A, he's got a B, a C, a D, a E, and an F in store. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, even if you messed it up, our God is so big, he planned on that in advance. Ah. That's a good place to shout. Y'all don't know anything. Look, look, he says, you look for much, but indeed, it, when it came to little, when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house is in ruins and you're doing your own thing. You're trying to get a breakthrough and my house ain't being furthered. You want your vision to happen. You can't be trusted to serve. You want to prosper, you don't give. You want a job, you don't tithe. You want good kids, you don't mind your boss. He said, you're not doing what I want you to do first. Look at verse 11. For I called a drought on the land. Who's talking? God. And on the mountains and on the grain and on the new wine and the oil and whatever the ground brings forth, on men and on livestock and all the labor of your hands. Look, look at your neighbor say, from this day forth, you will not just work hard. Today and from this day forward, you will work smart. I, I, I need to get this atmosphere right, uh, and that's fine. Look at the other neighbor say, from this day forward, the drought that was on your life is over. Because when God is first, you will never, ever, ever, ever be last. And if you believe it, Wednesday Night Live, give him praise like you believe it. Come on, give him praise like you believe it. Give him praise like you believe it. Father, speak through me now. I decrease that you may increase. Move in this place. From this day forward, we are in reconstruction. And as we transition out of this series, and this weekend as we go into the series surge, we declare, we expect the unexpected. Unexpected increase. 
unexpected favor, unexpected breakthrough, unexpected surge. We declare that what was out of order is coming into order. Children that were out of order are coming into order. Families that were out of order are coming into order. Finances that were out of order are coming into order. From this day forward. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name. Do me a favor as you take your seats, high five two or three people around you and just tell them from this day forward, from this day forward, from this day forward. Now, I want to move in this. I want to move in this, and, and I want to close this series out good. Say, let's close it out good. Now, 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 watch this. What I love about God is a little snow don't stop the word. Ladies and neighbor say, a little snow don't stop the word. Now, now, watch this. I want to do a little review, and then I want to close the series out. We started this series, if you'll remember, talking about breaking the slave mentality. Say, the slave mentality has broken over my life. Uh, because historically, we learned that all people groups have been impacted by slavery. So in all of our roots, a slave mentality exists to some extent. So we learn to alter reality. We must change our... Lay your hands on your head. Say, in the name of Jesus, the shackles you were molded with are broken off of you. In Jesus' name. Now, now watch this. Somebody said, Bishop, don't I... Uh, I, I prayed that three weeks ago and nothing happened. You better say it until you see it. You better declare until it manifests. You didn't get those shackles overnight, so you're going to have to keep breaking them day after day after day after day after day. And one day you're going to wake up and say, don't go let those bad boys are off of me. I don't think like that. I don't move like that anymore. Watch this. Then we began by making cultural corrections, by learning that the root of every problem is what, Harvest? Communication. All right? I'm just doing some review. Uh, next, we learned that God breaks us to build us for what? Breakthrough, because we were all shaped in what? iniquity which is what generational dysfunction or generational curses and we practice what we're presented and practice makes perfect even if it's perfectly okay so y'all good y'all good y'all good y'all good y'all good y'all good look at your neighbor and say we're getting this thing we're getting this thing uh, now watch this next uh, watch this in uh, uh, sunday in today's message uh, the purpose of these messages was to give us a simple blueprint using something historical uh, which was the period known uh, uh, as reconstruction after the civil war in america to teach us something spiritual so we learned this in part one and once you break slave mentalities you must reconstruct the right way so you aren't free but you're your own enemy now, now watch this. The Hebrews left Egyptian slavery overnight, but the reconstruction of Le Egypt leaving them took them a lifetime. More specifically, the period of time we find in Scripture was 40 years. 40 is the number of testing. It is the number of wilderness. Uh, Moses was on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Jesus now fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Uh, children of Israel wandered for 40 years. It was now literally the period of time where God says, I'm letting you wander so that what's been destroying you gets out of you. So when I take you into what I created for you, you don't mess it up. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. A in other words, please understand, you ought to be thankful that there's some stuff God did not answer your prayer on, because had he given it to you, you would have messed it up. There's some business, if God had given you that business 10 years ago, you would have been locked up somewhere because you would have got arrogant and started smelling yourself. Y'all not hearing me? You ought to be thankful that there's some stuff God said no, and there's some stuff, can I talk real? There's some stuff God said, hell no, you're not ready for it because there's too much Egypt left in you, but tonight night. Look at your neighbor and say, thank him for saying no. Thank him for saying no. Thank him for the stuff he blocked. Thank you for the stuff he didn't give you. Thank you that he didn't give you that car. You would have been. Touch your neighbor and say, thank you. God says, I'm going to let you wander for 40 years. 
and it doesn't take 40 years. Watch this. He says, but you're resisting Egypt coming out of you. Touch the neighbor and say, stop resisting. It is amazing to me as a pastor, having done this now for in, in, in a few months, approaching 18 years of vocational ministry. And I'm not saying that to be pretentious. Uh, but, but, but it amazes me because the people who need the help the most, I've discovered sometimes are the people that fight to help. It's people I've literally said to, you know what, you're just too difficult because you're fighting to help and you think you know what you're doing, but your fruit is evidence that you don't. And since you don't want to listen to what I'm saying, good luck, but look at where you got yourself. Just the neighbor say, don't fight your help. That's what the children of Israel did for 40 years. They fought God. Now, it could have taken 11 days to get there. In fact, the Bible says God had a shortcut. But God says, I knew they weren't going to fight, so I took them the long way. But even taking the long way, the top uh, uh, amount of time it should have taken was 11 days. Somebody say 11 days. But watch this. It took 40 years before Egypt, watch this. Before enough Egypt was out of the people that God eventually said, I'm sick of seeing you walk around in circles. And God says, turn north. You've dwelt around this mountain long enough. Now, I got a question for somebody tonight. And this isn't for everybody. You can be an 11-day person or you can be a 40-year person. Now, now watch this. Some of you might be grown. Some of you might, you know, be 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Some of you might be 10, 20, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can either let this thing happen quickly or you can spend the rest of your life. Let me say it like this. It's some folk that when you look at in your family, you look at with disgust. And you look at him and say, you know what? Well, I love Aunt so-and-so. I love Aunt so-and-so, whatever. You know, yeah, I just, I just, man, for, for them to be that old, they, that's all they got. For them to have gone through all that, that's all they got. And you look at them with love, but you also look at them with disgust because you're saying, why did it take them this long to get that? And they, what I'm trying to say to you is, is either you can be the person you look at with disgust or you can say, God, I'm ready to do this thing right here, right now. I'm not taking 40 years, baby. I want in in 11 days. I wish you'd shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off and say, I want in in 11 days. You ought to be sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired about the same thing. 40 years it took. And here's the reality. What God just let happen is some of them, he just let them die. He said, because y'all ain't going to change. So he said, just, just, just die. He said, because, because, because you're fighting me. To be loyal to what was killing you. Egypt, was they were slaves. But they were loyal to their slavery. That bottle had you enslaved. That jacked up relationship had you. Those drugs had you. That low self-esteem had you. Whatever it is. But, but watch this, but, but, but watch your neighbor say, but me, I choose the 11-day route. So, so I gave you a reconstruction blueprint that started on Sunday. And the first point I gave you was what? Every construction site needs a what? Foreman.
Now, watch this. In Haggai 1.12, when the reconstruction process began, the Bible says that they did what God said to do, but it's very explicit in saying that they did what the man of God said to do. Uh, you need a pastor. You need leadership, and it's God's idea. Say it's God's idea. Woe unto the person that has nobody to tell them what to do. You know how people fail? Because they're only accountable to self. And the problem with you is you negotiate with you even about your own progress. Let me prove it to you. I'm going to go to the gym at 6. Well, I'm going to miss the day. It's just one day. See, it got real quiet right there. What did you prove to you? You negotiate with you even about what you know what is for your good. So you trying to hold you accountable is foolish because you've already proven to you that you'll negotiate with you about what's good for you. So God says, let me give you a foreman. Let me give you a pastor. Let me give you a man of God that can stand up every Sunday and Wednesday and hold you accountable. Not to beat you up, not to beat you down, but to speak to the kingdom you and tell you you are the head and not the tail. And you are above and not beneath. And you are the curse break. Tell your neighbor, say, thank God for the man of God. That's why Jeremiah 3.15 says God gives you a pastor that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And we talked about this in part one, that he will tell you what to do and tell you how to do it. Tell your neighbor, say, thank God for the man of God. I says, this is why some people, they're real smart, but their life has no fruit. I, 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 I met, some, uh, met somebody I was talking to. Uh, or I should say, somebody I was talking to, <laughs> it makes sense. I, I was chatting with somebody uh, about a particular individual, and as I was chatting with him about that, I said, I've met that person before. I said, they're so smart, they're stupid. I said, for all the knowledge they have, I said, they have nothing to show for it. I said, which proves that knowledge is not power. <laughs> Applied knowledge is power. Now, this is what you're trying to say. Because watch this, watch this, it's dangerous when the only source of accountability you have is you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, all right, touch your neighbor one more time. Say, thank God for the man of God. All right, now, now, now watch this, watch this. Then the second point I gave you in the uh, reconstruction blueprint was what? Tweak to be on fleek. Now, now, <laughs> y'all yeah, got that? Uh, <laughs> Now, watch this. In Haggai, to begin the reconstruction of their lives, God said to consider your ways. And we determined in part one that consider means to examine, then tweak. Say examine, examine. then tweak. Now, watch this. Since most people fear change, we say tweak as opposed to change because the word change invokes fear in most individuals. It is very interesting and peculiar, uh, if I may say, because the reality is, is that oftentimes we resist changing that which we know needs to be changed simply because we like comfort. Although comfort is the enemy to progress and comfort is also the enemy to change. You're not growing if you're comfortable. Which is the reason why every time you're like, ooh, I can finally breathe, then God throws something at you that makes you stretch. Because God says, now that you're comfortable, you're going to stop stretching. And if you stop stretching, you're going to not walk by faith. And the just shall live by faith. I taught you this in the faith message, in the faith series. Uh, literally, living by faith means to live in the stretch. Which means stop looking for comfort and start embracing change. Which means when something gets thrown at you, say, you know what? That just told me how great I am. Goliath wouldn't have even looked at David except that David had what it took to knock Goliath down. If something gets thrown at you tomorrow, say, I got what it takes to handle. 
God wouldn't bring me to it unless God intended to bring me through it. If it showed up, I got what it takes. High five that person next to you and say, you got what it takes. You got Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. It ain't as bad as it looks. It's just shadows. And you need to quit being afraid of the shadows. It's not that bad. Touch the neighbor and say, it's not that bad. You hidden sitting here scared of a shadow. Yay, though I walk through the valley of a shadow. It ain't death. It's a shadow. It ain't bankruptcy, it's a shadow. You ain't gonna die tomorrow, it's a shadow. It ain't the end of your life, it's a shadow. This too shall, it's a shadow. Touch your neighbor say, I'm not afraid of the shadows. I'm not afraid. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so, so watch this, so, so, so. When God said to examine, then tweak your ways, he was saying reconstruction begins with what? Repentance. Because the second meaning of repentance literally means to change or to do what? Tweak or what? Mindset. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, tweak your mindset. Now listen, this is 100% participating congregation. So if I say lay your hands on yourself, that's exactly what I meant. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, tweak your thoughts. Now, now watch this. Watch this. And Haggai, listen to me. They were saved. Listen, Linda. Listen, honey. Listen. Get the foot. Hold on, let me come over here. All the way over here. Come on. You got to get the foot. That's what makes the video funny is his foot. Boom, there it is. All right. Now, now watch this. <laughs> well, watch this. They were saved but not successful. The truth is, for many of you, when you were coming up, the reason you didn't want to become a Christian is because when you looked at saved people, they didn't have nothing to show for they saved life. I wish I had two or three witnesses. So you were like, mama, I hear your Jesus, but how come your Jesus ain't got your lights on? Y'all not going to talk to me like you're telling the truth. I hear about your Jesus, but why your Jesus got you cussing me out? I hear about your Jesus, but why? So in Haggai, they were saved, but they weren't successful. And oftentimes, Christians confuse God's love with a good life. Doesn't ever say you are loved unconditionally. But look at me. That has nothing to do with the quality of life you live. Let me prove it to you. You love some folk. And your love won't make them change. And you sitting there telling them every day, I'm just praying for you. I'm just believing this for you. I'm believing that. And they ain't changed the first. You know why? Love does not make anybody do anything. Can I help you with people? Two things. Only two things are true about people. The first is they do what they want. Here's the second thing that's true about people. It's very deep. It's a Hebrew word. Write it down. They do what they want. Bishop, I don't know why so-and-so did it. Because they didn't want to. Okay, next. Let's move on to the next subject. But they just didn't know. Well, you know, here's the deal. Well, they didn't want to know because they could have looked it up. All right, let's move on. They were saved but not successful. Say, I'm loved unconditionally. But that has nothing to do with the quality of my life. They were saved but not successful. And here's the reason why. They did what they wanted to first instead of what God wanted first. And doing things out of order is rebellion. Check this out. They were like, well, I did it 
you know, so isn't that good enough? No. To do it out of order, watch this, one, two, three, four. That's called chronological order. If I do four, one, two, three, it's out of order, which means you're out of order if you don't do it in the proper order. So let me give you a very pragmatic example as it relates to our spirituality. So when it comes to tithing, the tithe is not a tenth. It is the first tenth, which means if Excel gets their money before God gets his, you did it out of order. It got real quiet right there. He said, well, Bishop, I did it. Isn't that good enough? You did it out of order. You did it, which is great, but you didn't do it in the proper order. One, two, three, four. So if you didn't do it in chronological order, one, two, three, four, you did it out of order, which means you are out of order. And first uh, Samuel 15, 23 says that to be out of order is to be in rebellion, and to be in rebellion is to be in witchcraft, which means, uh, which means watch this, when I put what I want in front of what God wants, you're nothing more than a witch or a warlock pick. Got quiet. Got real, real. Let me prove it to you, parents. Parents. Any parents in the house? Watch. All right, son, clean your room. And when you clean your room, we're going to go to fun world. <laughs> All right? Right? Okay? They on the phone. They on Twitter. They on Facebook. And that room ain't clean. So when they come to you asking you, watch where we're going to go here. Well, can I still go to Fun World? You look at them like, what did you understand about cleaning your room? Then we'll go to Fun World. So you asking me after not having been in order is trying to play on my mercy. You're trying to get mercy. But here's the deal. Tell your neighbor, say, thank God for mercy. See, I don't know about you, but I'm glad he gives it. Is any of us needed? We all need it. But watch this. But watch this. If you could have been in order and just did it, then you don't need to draw on the mercy. Now, but, but touch your neighbor, say, be in order. But watch this. So they, they were saved, but God said, you're going to work. And you're going to put your paycheck into a bag that has holes in it. And God says, I'm going to send a drought. And God said, I'm going to, you're, going to, you're going to work real hard, but you ain't going to have nothing to show for it. God says, you're going to be all this, and God says, you have nothing to show for it. He said, and I'm going to tell you why. He said, because you're out of order. I love you, but you're out of order. I want to take you to fun world. I really do. But you're out of order. Got real quiet right there. Now, now, now watch this. So God says, if you want your life to improve, anybody in here, you want your life to improve? Come on. You know what God said? God said, consider your, what, not your mama's ways, not your daddy's ways. Consider your ways. Stop blaming the man. Stop it. What man? If God be for you. Who can be against you? Listen, won't nobody open no door. Build your own door and open it for yourself. That's what I had to do. Stop. Watch. God says, if you want your life to improve, consider your ways. Which in modern vernacular, he'd say to them, tweak so you can be. 
Now, if you weren't here in part one, on fleek is an urban colloquialism, which means of high quality, on point, on target, or in a surge. Now, watch this. Simply, simply put, repent means to get focused again on what God wants. Say, get focused again on what God wants. I, I'm so sick and tired of, of, of seeing uh, uh, gladiators and dream team folk and, and people who once worked faithful to Jesus punk out and fall down because they're too prideful to repent. Say something to me. Tell the neighbor, say, check that pride. Let me tell you how you know you're prideful when you're repenting. Well, if I did anything, shut your mouth and stop talking. You know exactly what you did. You know exactly when you did it. You know exactly how you did it. What you mean, if I did? Now, pride comes before fall. Got it? Here, here, here's the trip. Here, here's the trip about it. Say with me. If, if, if you don't genuinely repent, watch this, you'll just repeat. If you don't genuinely tweak your ways, you're just going to repeat. Now, you ought to be tired of that. You ought to be sick and tired of the same old thing. Who am I talking to? You ought to be sick and tired of getting real fired up Sunday after church and real fired up Wednesday after church and then getting in a total depression on Monday and getting in a total depression on Thursday. You ought to be sick and tired of being fired up and being up and down. And in one minute, God is good. The next minute, I don't know. One minute, I'm so excited. I'm in a surge. The next minute, don't let me. You ought to be sick and tired of that. Now, now watch this. And it's not God's fault. And it's not your boss's fault. And it sure ain't your pastor's fault. Touch your neighbor and say, consider your ways. Can, can I push this another further? Because, see, I figured if you press through the snow, and, and, and I realize there may be some watching that you couldn't press. I understand that. Uh, 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 one of the things I love about our church is people come from our, to our church from all over our region. So I got reports on Sunday. People drove for hours and hours and hours to get here. It was amazing to me. I was like, well, so-and-so live right over there. It's rough out there. That's why God keeps blowing stuff away. God says, you can't walk in some snow for me, but then I ain't got no breakthrough for you. You can't drive and leave a little earlier for me. I ain't got nothing for you. But since you pressed. Watch. Everybody in your bloodline has the same tired old excuse. Just examine. Just take 10 seconds. I'm, I'm five minutes over, so I need you 10 seconds. Then I need out of my preaching time. Instead <laughs> of your time. Just examine your bloodline. Everybody's got that same old. They talk about what they're going to do. Man, we're going to get this business off the ground. I mean, it's going to be you know, top flight security of the world, man. I mean, I mean, we're going to have offices in London, offices in Paris. I mean, we're going to be doing it like that, man. We're going to do it. We're going to do the doggone thing. We're going to do it. Man, we talking about, man, man, we talking about, that's how you say in the South. Man, we're going to do this thing, man, man, man. It's going to be cold-blooded, man. It's going to be something. Man, we're going to do this thing. And ain't even filed with the Secretary of State to get it set up. Check your bloodline. Everybody's got the same old tired excuse. Why won't God do nothing? We're just waiting on God. We're faithful people. No, you're not. Faithful people have fruit. 
Now I'm just talking about you. Come on, come on. I, uh, so all y'all bloodline, don't nobody in your bloodline has excuses? Oh, okay, because y'all looking at me like, no, Bishop, our bloodline has excuses. I was going to say, oh, in that case, well, ain't nobody in your bloodline got excuses. But watch this. But you. Can I tell you something about you? Here's what's crazy. Is when you try to come up with an excuse, the Holy Ghost checks you in such a way. Who am I talking to? When you even try to think like the other folk in your bloodline that ain't trying to go nowhere, ain't trying to do nothing, you get snatched up and you be wondering, why God be getting on me? All I did was peek over the fence. I didn't even do nothing. I just thought about it, but he's checking me. He's checking you because he's put too much in you to let you go down like that. How come they get away with it? Because he knows their end. But you know he won't let do that. He's paid too much for you. He's invested too much in you. He sent you to this church. He's invested too much in you. Watch. Watch. Touch your neighbor and say, but you. Say, you are reconstructing. We all make mistakes, but repentance gets up quickly when it falls. So, so, so watch this. Uh, look at him and say, you're going to make mistakes. All right, so don't think this teaching is aimed at saying, do everything right. That's not what this teaching is aimed at. We're all going to make mistakes. And that's why we need his grace. That's why we need his goodness. That's why we need his mercy. But what repentance does, watch this. Repentance, when it falls, repentance is like, okay, all right, all right, let's get up. Repentance don't sit at home for a whole week calling in sick. Repentance don't sit at home. No, repentance don't do that. You know, David made a lot of mistakes. But the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. You know why? Because when David made mistakes, you know what David would do? David would be like, God, against you and against you only did I sin. Lord, please forgive me. Take not your spirit from away from me. In fact, renew a right spirit within me, Lord. David was a liar, but he knew how to repent. David was a homemonger, but he knew how to repent. I'm going to tell you, you may be a work in progress, but if you know how to repent, God is going to call you a man or a woman after God's own. Don't beat yourself up for the mistake. No, just get back up. Just name say, get back up. And stop taking all day. I was stuck down. I had to pull back over here. Whoop. Holy Ghost like, come here, boy, now. Come here, now. Just don't, don't go that far. I might, though. Wait until ladies now. I might. So watch this. I got to move. God says, you do what I say do when? First. And you'll never be last. So we talked about, in part one, tweaking our time, that church attendance, testimony, and selling people about church. Jesus said I wanted, he wanted his house to be full. The third thing was our treasure. That's giving of our tithes, offerings. Tweaking our talent, which means we should be serving in the church. Tweaking our thirst, which means uh, we should be walking in prayer, praise, and all right. And, and we did that at the end of both uh, worship experiences. And, and then I said this. I said, because some people say, Bishop, I'm doing all those things and they're not working. Now, let me tell you something. God's word works. And it works 100% of the time, all the time. H here's the trip, though. I told you to tweak how we do those things. Touch your name and say, tweak how. Let me tell you something. God is not into... Half stuff. Now, I really want to say something else. I, I, no, I really, really do. No, and there's not even no biblical reason I'm not saying it. 
I just, you know, in case you're a VIP, I don't want to hurt your feelings or nothing. I'm just joking. I'm not that kind of pastor. I'm going to preach the word. You, you get in, you get on my bus, or it'll run you over. You pick. Pastor David said, get on the bus. That's the kind of preacher you got. That's the kind of bishop you got. You better get in because I'm taking over. So if you don't jump in now, that's cool. You're going to be forced to jump in because I'm getting ahead of myself. But God asked me a couple weeks ago. He said, son. I said, yes, sir. He said, I got a question. I said, what's the question? He said, son, who's going to run that town? Because ain't nobody in charge down there. I said, well, it might as well be me. And he said, well, fine then. I got to hit myself. Watch. God's not in the half stuff. In fact, Romans 2.18, I believe, says, know his will and approve those things that are excellent. Which, touch your neighbor, say, tweak your how. You know why? You know why Mercedes can charge more than Toyota? Both of them have four wheels. Both of them have air conditioning. Both of them have all these little touch screens and all this here and all that. And this Bluetooth technology and all this where you can do all this kind of stuff in the car. You can talk to the car. The car talks back to you. Car can order your food. Car can order. Okay. Wh why can one charge more? Because of how they build it. It's the same thing. But watch this. They told me years ago that a particular Mercedes model that the under, some part of the, the, the under thing, men, you know about car, I don't know about car, I know, I know how to put the gas in it, I know where the, uh, the fluid, the blue stuff, the fluid go, wash the fluid, and now I don't need to know the rest of that. I ain't got time for all that. Now, but for men that, that you're into that stuff, you're like, oh, no, but you just got to take the radiator and do that, and the catalytic converter, that, that's great. I don't want to know. I don't want to buy the book. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to know. This is me, all right? But watch this. They told me, they, they told me, they said, the under, some part of the under, the under, watch this, the outside of the car that's exposed to the elements, they said, well, that's made out of platinum. Now, I said to myself, well, why would you make something that's going to be exposed to snow and dirt and that? Well, because it's a Mercedes. You are not chump change. You are not trash. You are not garbage. You are not average. So why does it take all that? Because I'm excellent. Why you got to do all that? Because I'm excellent. Touch your neighbor and say, it does take all that. And don't you let nobody talk you out of being excellent. Just because they have but don't mean you got to be half but. Touch somebody and say, it does take all that. In the old Baptist church, they used to say it like this, 99 and a half. <laughs> Simply won't do. <laughs> look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor say, 99 and a half won't do. <laughs> Don't expect anything from God if you won't give him everything pertaining to you. It really takes you all that time. Yes, it takes all that time. It takes time to be the best. It takes time to be on top. And you may not be there now. You may be the tail now, but I ain't got good news for somebody. The good news is, is that if you're the tail right now, it only takes God one day to turn you from being the tail to where all of a sudden you are the head. Touch your neighbor say, I'm in reconstruction. But I got to finish. So reconstruction starts with building a foundation that's often underground, which means you're working on things that aren't necessarily seen to others. I'm going to say it again. Reconstruction, if you're building a building or you demolish one to reconstruct a new one, you've got to go down to the foundation. And here's the trip about the foundation is the foundation is often underground, which means others can't see it. Listen to me. Tweaking always begins as an inside job. 
you must change before what's around you changes. And in fact, Jesus lays out, I'm getting ready to close, a simple yet powerful principle in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said this. He's talking about the, the coming of the Holy Ghost to the people. Say the Holy Ghost. Now say it like you're from the deep south. Say the Holy Ghost. Let me say the Holy Spirit. No, it's the Holy Ghost. Now, <laughs> you can say spirit. I just, but it ghosts. Now, what's this? Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive, come on, power. Let's say it like the sanctified church. And you shall receive power. Y'all ain't saying like you're sanctified. Somebody say power. Y'all ain't doing it like you're sanctified. Grab somebody and say power. Watch. But you shall receive. Which in Greek means dudamus. I feel like preaching here. It means miracle working power. In fact, it means it's a miracle that I got the power in the first place. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor say, you are the dunamis. Tell them, say, you are the power. If you want to know what a miracle looks like, baby, just look up at the stage. Look over at your neighbor. After all the hell that we've been through, we are the dunamis. We are the miracle. It's a miracle that I'm still stuck. It's a miracle that Judas didn't take me out. It's a miracle that my haters didn't take me out. It's a miracle. Tell your neighbor, say it's a miracle. Watch. But you shall receive miracle working power. A miracle within itself. When the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you. Now, now watch this because there's a principle here. And you shall be witnesses. That, that means, say, I and ear witnesses. It literally means you testify to what you've seen and what you heard. Now, what I heard ain't necessarily always what I see. Which means some of you are like, well, Bishop, I just don't feel like I can encourage nobody because I ain't seen nothing. That ain't what he said. He said, tell them what you heard. Which means even if you ain't seen him make a way yet, tell them what you heard. Even if you ain't seen him open that door yet, Tell them what you heard. Even if you're waiting on your breakthrough, tell them what you heard. Touch your neighbor and say, run, tell that, run, tell that, run, tell. Watch. But you shall receive power when the ghost comes upon you. And you shall be eye and ear witnesses. Now watch this. Here's the other definition of that word witnesses. It means a martyr. You know what a martyr does? They die for a cause. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm so sick and tired of Christians who want everything from God but don't want to give God nothing. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, please do this. God, please do this. God. Well, he said, I need you to be my martyr. Now, that doesn't literally mean die. But watch this. Even in our world today, people are still being martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. But watch this. It literally means, touch your neighbor and say, give your life to this. What if you stop living uh, uh, for yourself? What if you stop living just to get yours? What if you stop living just to get your this and your that? What if you gave your life to this thing called changing others' lives? I'm going to make it make more sense in a minute. i got to finish. He says, and you should be witnesses. I ain't here witnesses. It's martyrs. Say, I give my life to this. Now, remember, he says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, but then watch. Then he says, you shall be witnesses in what? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Here's what I want you to see. Say reconstruction 
starts in me. Watch. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, but while it's going on in me, I'm supposed to witness. You know your neighbor's problem? They keep thinking one day all their problems are going to be over, and then they're going to use their life to change the lives of other people. And God says, "Mm -mm, that ain't how it works. While you're under constructing, under construction, I need you to help reconstruct. While you're being reconstructed, I need you to help reconstruct. Stop waiting until you're perfect. Stop waiting until everything's just right. Touch your neighbor and say, do it now. That was the wrong neighbor. Touch the other and say, do it now. So here it is. I got to get to the third point. I'm out of time. So change. Look what he says. You, say you. Jerusalem. Judea. Samaria. The earth. Here's how it happens. Reconstruction starts in us. And it bleeds out into our city. It bleeds out of the city into the state. It bleeds out of the state into the country. It breeds out of the country into the world. So here's the third point to your blueprint. I'm under reconstruction. It's a long point. I'm under reconstruction, but I'm at harvest to reconstruct the region. It's a long point. It's a long point. I'm under reconstruction. But I'm at harvest to reconstruct the region. Here it is. We're closing. Fifth gear. Matthew 5.13. This is Jesus talking. And I need you to get this. Because some people say, I, I don't know why it doesn't happen for me. Because you haven't made it happen for anybody else. Jesus says, what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. What you make happen for harvest, God makes happen for you. What you make happen for your man of God, God makes happen for you. If it ain't happened for you, it's because you ain't made it happen for nobody. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Matthew 5.13. Fifth gear. Here it is. This is Jesus talking. Read what he says to us about us. Read it. Stop. Jesus is the salt of the earth. No. We are. When he died, he was the seed. We are the harvest. That's why he had to go into the innermost parts of the earth so that he would be a seed so that we became the harvest. I'm going to read it to you. You are the salt of the earth. Bishop, I'm just so sick of this in my family. You are the salt of your family. Bishop, I'm just so sick of this in my community. You are the salt of your community. I'm just sick of this in my city. You are the salt in your city. I had to stop looking at Denver as my sentence and start looking at it as my assignment. Just your neighbor say, you are the salt. But if the salt ain't salty no more. How is it going to be seasoned? What's it? The earth. But before it gets to the earth, it goes to the country. For the country, it goes to the state. For it's the state, it goes to the city. For it's in the city, it's in. Look what he says about it. Look what he says. God says, if you aren't going to do anything while you're under reconstruction to help reconstruct Look what he says you're good for. Nothing. But to be thrown out and get trampled over by people who were willing to be salty. That's why some people say it just seems like I'm always getting stepped on. That's why. 
I'm always getting over. And they always promoting everybody else but me. That's why. Don't nobody want no bland sandwich. Well, Denver, wait a minute. Now, y'all might. I don't want no bland sandwich. I don't want no bland macaroni and cheese. I don't want no greens where you ain't done nothing but bother and ain't put no seasoning in there. Where the meat at? Come on, I put liquid smoke. And what else did you put in there? Here it is. I, I'm out of time. Watch this. Verse 14. Verse 14. Watch this. This is Jesus talking to us. Read it. Why don't you ready to read? Stop. Jesus is not the light. We are the light because he is in us. You are the light of the world. Look what he says. You are a city set on a hill that although you've been running your whole life, you still ain't hidden. I'm talking to somebody. Your problem ain't that you don't hear God. Your problem is that you hear him and you run. Your problem is every time opportunity shows up, you run. Well, tonight I curse the spirit of the, of the runner and I command the light that's in you to come forth. Touch your neighbor and say, light come forth. That's why our prisons are full of men. You know why they're full of men? Because when they heard God, they ran just like Adam. But you, but you, first, I'm out of time. You are the what? A city. No, no, wait a minute. He's talking to people. So how are people a city? Well, one way we could examine that text is that he was talking to the people as the people were collectively gathered as the city. Another way we could look at that text is this. Can I exegete the text for you tonight? Can I just use a, a hermeneutical, homiletical Postulation of the text tonight. What are you talking about? Homiletics, that's preaching. Homilies, sermons, messages. Hermeneutics is how the, the grand tapestry of the scripture works together. So the Bible is a self-fulfilling book. It is a self-authenticating book. Somebody that didn't know somebody knew something about somebody because the Holy Ghost told them something about somebody else. And somehow when it all came together years later, it all was a unique tapestry. First, a city, which means God says, there's enough good in you, power in you, strength in you, favor on you, where you can change the whole city. Now imagine if our whole church stopped, broke this Denver mentality, which that's what I'm sending to do, so I'm going to break it. Imagine if everybody was like, we are the city. Touch your neighbor and say, we are the city. And we cannot be hidden. Verse 15. I, I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. I, I got to finish. Nor did they light a lamp or put it under a basket, but on a what? A lampstand. And it gives light to everybody in the house. Let your light what? This little light of mine. Let it. Let it shine. Let it shine. Shine. Some of y'all. <laughs> Some of y'all remember that old, oh, oh, that's old. Shine on me. Depending on which deacon it was, some deacon, he start too high, get mad at the musician. Say, keep up, son, keep up now. 
<laughs> like, well, no, you on the wrong song. That's another song, Deacon. Deacon. <laughs> he ain't playing it right. He ain't playing it right. I don't know what he played. I don't know what he's doing. Shine on. Look at the neighbor and say, let your light shine. Let me tell you something, when your light shines, you're going to have a bunch of darkness want to put it out. Why are you coming in talking about you so blessed? Don't nobody want to hear all that. Well, take your curse down the way. But around this here cubicle, <laughs> oh yeah, I got my Bishop CD playing. Show do. Say something about it. Say something about it. Could you put that V away? No. Matter of fact, I put my new one on pre-order. And it's like an inch thick. Touch your neighbor and say, let your light shine. Don't let nobody put it out. Don't you let nobody rain on your surge. And just because they won't co-sign, they weren't needed for the loan know-how. And I don't mean that literally as in terms of a loan. What I mean is if they won't go with you, you better learn how to go with the goers. If they won't shout with you, say, forget you then. I'll shout over here by myself. If they won't praise it with you, I'll do it by myself because my light is going to shine. All right, watch this. I got to finish. I got to finish. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I want to give you this. I want to give you this far region. I want to give you this far region and I'm through. I'm going to get this far reaching I'm through. Uh, pro, pro, according to city rating, and I need you to get this. Now, remember, it starts in, in us. Say, I'm, in, I'm under reconstruction. Okay, but now, where does it need to bleed to? Then, 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 and harvest of the world. Now, watch this. On Sunday, you cannot miss Sunday. They say it's supposed to snow. We're going to rebuke it. Because I'm just sick of the snow. I'm snowed out. I'm just sick of it. Snows one more time. One more time. I'm just going to. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And be really, really mad. <laughs> I go outside with shorts on and protest. So now I told you to stop. You're going to stop. Man. Watch this. According to city rate. Because on, on Sunday, I'm going to help this make more sense. I'm going to help this make more sense here. Uh, uh, but according to city rating, property crime is 15% above the national average in Denver. Violent crimes like arson, rape, murder, robbery, burglary is 35% above the national average in Denver. According to ARG, every day 110 Colorado residents die to alcohol-related deaths, 20 die to drug overdoses. 80% of Colorado inmates have substance abuse promise, uh, problems. The Colorado Center on Law and Policy says one in five Colorado households cannot afford to make ends meet. Neither can 54% of single mothers. Colorado has the ninth highest rate of homelessness in the nation. The organization's uh, CDPHE says 30,000 people commit suicide each year in the United States at a rate of 11 every 100,000 Americans or one person every 17 minutes. Since we've been in here, several people have already taken their lives. You know why? Because a bunch of lights wouldn't go light nothing up. The Rocky Mountain region has the highest suicide rate in the country. Suicide deaths and attempts are a major public health problem in the state of Colorado affecting youth, middle-aged, and older adults. Among all injury deaths occurring in Colorado, suicide is the second leading cause of death just below motor vehicle fa fatalities. Starts where? But then it bleeds. He didn't save you for you to sit on your blessed assurance 
Watch this. Watch this. I, I got ahead of myself, but I want to restate it. I'm through. God asked me a little bit ago. He said, son, who, who's going to run the town? I got some nominees. <laughs> and then facetious. Touch your neighbor and say, for this reason, were we sent. As a wrong neighbor. Touch the other one. Say, for this reason, were we sent. I got a question for you. When you die, will it even matter that you live? When you stand in front of God, he's going to say, I said this the other week, I'm saying it again. I want to close it this way. I sent you to Bishop Foreman because I called him to begin reconstruction on you. But it wasn't supposed to stay there. It was supposed to bleed out to the, to the, to the, to the. He's going to say, I know what I called him to do. I know for what reason he was born. I know for what reason I sent him. And I sent you to him. And you went to church. And you clapped your hands. And you did your surge move. And you had your V bracelet. And you had all your stuff. But what did you do? To reconstruct the region. Bishop, I'm not the servant type. Well, then you're not the great type. So thanks for letting us know. Jesus said, and the greatest among you will be the one with the Windex bottle and the paper towel that they didn't fold over five times because they're trying to not go get a new one. The greatest among you gets here before everybody else does. Leaves after everybody else does. The greatest. You and I, this isn't coincidence. This isn't an accident. Y'all have heard me tell the story. Had I had choices, thank God for all of you wonderful people. Thank God for this wonderful city. Amen to the Lamb of God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but he said, son. I said, yes. You can do it there. What they call the church planters graveyard. You can do it. You hear? Now I, I'm, I'm slowing down. Uh, I'm done, but 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 I want you to do something for me. I want you to close your eyes. Can you do that? Ain't nobody finna take nothing from you. Some of y'all are so street, you just can't even close both your eyes. You got <laughs> you got them half closed. Like how you be faking sleep when somebody come in the room trying to talk to you, you don't want to really talk. <laughs> are you up? Both of them. 
beginning to change. Wow, what progress God has done in a short amount of time. But I envision a church to where when you say harvest, let me reverse it. When you say Denver, I said, oh, ain't that harvest? Harvest, huh? Something harvest. When you say Dallas, ain't that harvest? Ain't, when you, whatever region we pick, whatever city we pick. What, uh, uh. Imagine a church where what we say from this pulpit dictates what happens in government, in arts and entertainment, schools. Don't tell me it's not possible. Read your Bible. I imagine a church where when somebody's sick and the doctors say we're done, they say, oh, just send them to harvest. They don't even need to get to him if they walk in the door. where they know us, not because we had to announce ourselves, but they know us because they look at the quality of what we do and say, oh, that must be harvest. Oh, it's excellent. It must be that. I imagine a church as we are all multi-generational, multicultural, everybody. I imagine. I see. I mean, stop saying I imagine. I can't say that word. I see. see a church full of leaders. I see a church full of people who, like us all, made some mistakes. But the redeemed of the Lord are saying, son. I see a church where when people come here, they feel 100% unconditionally loved, as they already do. I see a church when the president wants to get something done. He says, Bishop, it's not going to happen unless y'all get in on it. I see a church when the mayor needs to get something done. And they already do. They do. I see a church full of people. the audacity to not just be another church, to not just sit and wait until their reconstruction's over, but while they're under reconstruction, they're reconstructing others. That's what I see. I see a city whose crime comes down. I see, I see a city whose poverty comes down. I see a city all these homeless teenagers, it's disgusting. It's just gross. It's gross that in this city with all this prosperity and this low low unemployment rate that we have all the homelessness that we have. It's disgusting. All the suicide. We, it's disgusting. And we got all these tongue-talking Christians with all this power. All this salt. And it's the blandest piece of steak ever. But for this reason... And us being passionate about what we're called to do doesn't make us in competition with anybody else. I don't care what nobody else is doing. I know what I'm sent to do. 
I see your life better than you ever imagined it could be. I see every generational curse broken off of you. I, I see every dysfunction broken off of you. I, I see every dysfunction broken off of your relationships and every dysfunction broke off, broken off of your children. I see you as the Joseph, as the Jacob. That's what I see. That's what I see. That's what I see. That's what I see. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.